Bold. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of That Sums It All Up. I hope you're well and you and yours are keeping safe, sane and healthy, as can be. Into February we march, first of the month that we're recording today. One out of 12 months of 2021 done. Where does the time go, honestly? Today's show then, Arsenal drew nil-nil to Manchester United over the weekend and that's what we'll be taking a look at this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're choosing to listen to this podcast. The result was probably a fair reflection on the game, if we're being quite brutally honest, and not the worst one either for Arsenal. I mean, maybe Manchester United, but you know what? That's why we've got a Manchester United fan on today, so we can we can talk about the result and its implications. For Arsenal, though, the momentum continues to build ahead of a midweek trip against Wolves, ahead of a tough run in the Premier League and the Europa League returning. A point followed up by a win would be no bad thing. As I said on today's podcast, we'll be joined by a Manchester United fan, Alfie Young, who will be returning to provide his insight and Manchester United perspective on the result and proceedings. As I said, on on paper, a nil-nil draw looks pretty dull, but it was actually quite an entertaining contest as ever. There's plenty to run through, discuss and dissect. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Making his third appearance on the podcast. Welcome back, Mr. Alfie Young. Hello there, Alfie. How are you on this fine February morn? Is it three times already? Where does the time go? I just the fans don't... must be they must be asking for me back if I if I keep getting the invite. Mm. I mean, it's not just out of convenience and, and the fact <laughs> It's not because we live together and because I'm a United fan. You're literally a United fan and you know, I, hey. I I can bank on you being available and you're recording above me. <laughs> hey, that. listen, man, you, you, you could have gone for Oscar, so I'll tell you what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how 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 are you this morning? Uh, we're recording nice, bright and early on a, on a Monday morning, so uh, it's first. Mate, starting the week as we mean to go on. It's a, it's a nice thing to do to to get your week started in a productive manner. Absolutely. How was your How was your January? Just Just briefly uh, before we get into the into the podcast. My January has been has been quick, if I'm honest with you. As you say, it's it's strange to think that already a month into 2021, mm. but uh, march on at will and march on into February. February. <laughs> Till we get something to like that. Anyway. So we the last time we spoke, I think we did we did a we did a fantasy football podcast, but that's not gonna feature today because uh we need to let some let some wounds just uh, scar. And mm. then um we spoke actually last time on uh, on the podcast after Arsenal beat Manchester United at the back end of uh October, I think it was the beginning of November actually. And at that point things were looking looking quite sweet for Arsenal just in terms of it was our first win against Manchester United at Old Trafford for God knows how long. Uh, we, we cut the this uh, this run of disastrous form against the traditional big six away from home. That point, you know, I remember Roy Keane saying after the game, 
Well, if, if you had to ask me now, Arsenal are finishing above Manchester United in the league because I think you were languishing sort of 14th, 15th. You, you'd, you'd had a pretty disastrous start to the season in terms of, of home results. You were playing well in the, in the Champions League. But since then, you have gone on quite an impressive run of form. Uh, you've been in and, in and around the top of the table. I think you're still second. Arsenal, on the other hand, went through a slightly uh, disastrous run of form, which looks to have, uh, the ship looks to have been steadied and, and and course turned at this point, which is good. But yeah, so you've, after after Sunday, uh, Saturday's results, sorry, you had quite, the quite hilarious 2-1 home defeat to bottom of the league, Sheffield United. I remember yesterday we were looking at the league table and I couldn't quite believe my eyes that, I mean, they were on eight points, but, those, six of those have come in the last couple of weeks. Um, so they really have been glued to the bottom of the table. And then you've drawn to us and then you've got a, a tough looking game against Southampton again at Old Trafford. And we know that you've you, you've struggled there. So just wanted to ask you uh, about your initial reflections on the result and, and the sort of the, the initial responsive feelings on, on, on the nil-nil draw from a Manchester United perspective. Uh, it's a, it's one of those results. I mean, in in light of sort of the last game we had where we lost one nil at Old Trafford, um, you've probably got to say was sort of te- you know I would have taken a draw before the game at the Emirates. That's the sort of thing uh, you've got to say. Uh, given the sort of form we've been in, I mean, it's difficult to say. It's testament to the erratic nature of the season that since we last played, both teams have been on a sustained run of either good or bad form. And then that has since changed sort of again. So yeah. we were doing really well, top of the table, as you say. Somehow managed to end that that run unbeaten since the Arsenal game to Sheffield mm-hmm. United. So at least we've come away with a point. At least it's not two losses on the bounce. Mm. But um, it's also quite interesting, I think, our form against the top six in general this season. Because... We'll take a point because we can't seem to really beat them very well. But mm. at this point, you'd like to see us at least score, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you haven't, I think, I don't think you've scored from open play against any of the traditional. It's quite difficult these days. You say big six, top six, but that's just not really intact at the moment. But yeah, big six, inadverted commas, everyone knows what that means. But yeah, you have struggled against those sides this season. Having said that, I mean... It's interesting, Manchester United, because I remember during during your your impressive run when you know you, you'd go behind, but you'd, you'd find the results. I mean, you haven't lost. I don't think you've lost away from home again since I think since maybe you lost um, to Arsenal last year. Um, it's definitely. I, I believe the last time we lost away from home was at Anfield in January last year. May, yeah, maybe. I mean, in January you lost to you lost to Liverpool, and you lost to Arsenal, but it's been about a year since you lost away from home. So that in itself shows that you've been, you know, incredibly consistent on the road. But a lot of people, you know, sort of listening and and reading, even when United have been getting the results of late, and there have been you know flashes of of impressive performances, and uh, you know the ability to to come back from losing positions. Everyone knows that you're sort of the best in the league at that. A lot of people have been have been under the impression that United have not actually been playing like 
as well as their league position or the results would have suggested. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that you've been particularly, you know, bad or I think, you know, you deserve to be where you are. But, you know, just listening to quite a few people who have quite a nuanced opinions on the game and they've been saying that they don't, they're not, I don't know, the United, they always expected United to maybe drop off a bit or or, become, or come slightly more inconsistent and go on a, you know, they'll go on a good run and then go on a, a slightly less good run just because yeah. the underlying metrics and, and when you look at the game as a whole or the games as a whole, there are signs there that actually at points you're not actually that good, but you're, you know, you come through and, and win games. But I suppose you know, this is sort of what we've grown accustomed to with Manchester United. And a lot of people have, you know, we're waiting for that that sustained level of consistency. And arguably, we could say that that's been the case for the last couple of months. But I think it's always the thing with Manchester United. You, you just, the, the potential's there, but there's always, you know, you, then you lose at home to Sheffield United. And it's like, well, what does that say about your capacity to, you know, uh, sustain the the impressive run of results and performances sort of undermines the whole thing. But um, yeah. So yeah, you, you, you sort of fair result in the end, a point. I mean, again, it probably looks like a worse point if you struggle against Southampton uh, in, in midweek, yeah. especially once we get on to talking about the game a bit more. I mean, also had some good chances as well, but We've just watched the highlights through again, and 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 Edison Cavani had two brilliant chances um, that ordinarily you'd expect him to score. And I was saying, if if that was Anthony Martial, I think quite a few people would be uh, pulling their hair out. But let's 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 take it back to the beginning briefly um, in our discussion. So, starting with the lineups, I mean, from an Arsenal point of view, we obviously I was expecting to be out, be without. Kirintini and, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and that was the case. Bukayo Saka uh, was rested as a precaution with a slight hip injury. So we were without three of our sort of talismanic figures um, from the start. I mean, United-wise, what, what did you make of the of the lineup? Um, were there any things that stuck out for you in particular? Well, I was, I was delighted to see Martial dropped and Cavani leading the line once again. Not you know, not to be too biased in my opinion here, but I am I am an anti Martial figure at the moment. Mm. Uh don't want to be too harsh on him. And as you say, you know, the chances Cavani missed, we'd be tearing him apart for. So that's important to be fair. But uh what the, the Sheffield game, I mean you're watching Martial, he he doesn't do nearly enough. His energy on the pitch and his movement, his 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 mm. game intelligence compared to someone like Cavani is just uh non-existent and for me I I don't like Martial I want to see Cavani being our main number nine and I want to see Greenwood starting there when he can not on the right wing so he can start really sort of honing his skills as a number nine because those are the two I want to see there mm. well Martial he, he came on didn't he I think it was the back end of the first half because Scott McTominay was <laughs> clearly struggling with a with the old stomach um, was <laughs> yeah it was a shame that he, he got got ill actually it probably probably forced our game plan a little bit but uh yeah I mean I I to be fair you know having the likes of Martial and Greenwood on the bench I mean shows the strength of depth that you have in in the attacking areas at the moment and um yeah so I mean I wasn't necessarily 
surprise. I thought Cavani was going to start. I thought maybe mm. he, maybe Martial would as well, but I suppose you went for, I mean, you went for Fred, McTominay and Pogba as opposed to not having one of those in. And obviously that changed when McTominay went off injured. But yeah, you, you know, you, I think the first half then, from what I recall, it was pretty even. I think I definitely thought that both sides started quite well and looked quite solid. But I have to say, Manchester United sort of looked as if they were the more likely team to score or they were slightly controlling the pace of things a bit more than Arsenal. Um, But it did ebb and flow. And I think in the first half, really, I mean, it was, I think the second half was, was more um, competitive in the sense that there were, there were far more um, clear cut chances and, and good openings. But I mean, there was there was a couple in the first half, which I think was mainly Manchester United. We had that Fred effort, which was saved. I mean, really mm-hmm. well by Leno. I think you know we didn't. It looked as if maybe Fred could have done better as a bit weak, but Leno really sort of clawed that out of his of, of his own goal. And then we had the the Bruno Fernandez free kick, which you know David Luiz sort of headed wide and celebrated quite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But was there anything else in the first half that sort of caught your eye? Um, I'm trying to think, really. I mean, obviously, it was a nil-nil game. But I think a lot of the talking points, at least from my point of view, sort of came in the second half. Yeah, I think it's true. I think, I think you're right. I think it just it ebbed and flowed. I, I honestly don't think even... I don't think it's fair to say United sort of dominated in any sense. Perhaps we had slightly clearer-cut chances. But I think if you looked at the game as a whole in the midfield and and other areas on the wings there was there was uh, it was very very even and really just a very good game everyone was playing quite well defending was pretty good the attacking was sharp for most of it um and clinicality is what is what sort of made, meant both teams lost out on three points mm. you finish your chances you each had a couple goals we Arsenal over over the last couple of years have actually fared pretty well against Manchester United. I'm trying to think the last time we lost against you. I think it was in the FA Cup maybe a couple of years ago. But in the league, um, you know, we won obviously uh, in in November at Old Trafford. I think we drew at Old Trafford last year. So I think in the last two years now, I think we've taken like from eight games, there's been... No, sorry, four games. There's been there's been two wins and two draws. So, you know, we clearly quite like playing against United these days, and I do feel yeah. that that's quite a, an encouraging thing. Because for so long, albeit like be it under Ferguson or even afterwards, Arsenal would just struggle against Manchester United and and always lose or draw. Um, but this was quite a, as you say, it was a well matched contest, but in the sense that. You know, I said it before, Arsenal in the last few games against Manchester United have really, I don't know, it's almost as if we are, Arsenal are the underdogs and we sort of come out of the blocks and, and you know, instill this high, high pressing game and, and really have to impose ourselves in a way that, I don't know, if we didn't, then United would sort of just overrun us. But it did feel like both teams were really quite well matched and, and solid and there was no need to really... Um, there was no sense of who was the underdog, who wasn't. I think both teams held themselves quite well. And, you know, especially with Arsenal being without three of their arguably most important players on the day, 
Um, not that I think, you know, I wasn't upset with the team at all. And I think anyone who came in performed pretty well, but um, mm-hmm. it was, it was refreshing to see that it was pretty well poised from a, from a, yeah, just a, um, a game plan sort point of view. And- yeah. It's always refreshing to see your team head into one of these big clashes with a, with a sort of positive mindset, positive outlook, looking to sort of take the game into your hands. These sort of things you want to see when you're playing on a big team, not sort of, you know, remember we, we, we had a couple of good results doing it, but last year we would sit in against the big teams, play like a mid-table side, we'd get a result, but it's nicer to see us now going out, playing with four at the back. And like you say, really sort of having a contest of it rather than just kind of playing for the draw. Yeah, and I, that, that's a really good point, actually, because I was thinking, you know, Arsenal, again, under, under Mikel Arteta, have, I mean, it sort of fell away during our, our terrible run of form, but the big games were sort of, we, we, we'd be pretty good in. We, we sort of revert to a back, back, back three or back five or whatever, play a sort of low possession game, try and strike on the counter-attack, not have many openings, but sort of take the sort of couple of chances that we would have. And I think that's what happened at Old Trafford earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, this was the first one of those big games where Arsenal were more, um, yeah, sort of trusting in their abilities to play four at the back, like you say, and keep the ball and, and attack in a coherent way and not sort of sit back and wait to, to counter or, or take advantage of, of opponents' mistakes. So again, I think in, in that sense, both United and Arsenal were quite similar because uh, you say, obviously, United have been through that period of of adapting their game plan to to the to the sort of opponent and the level of the of the game, and I think Arsenal have done that a lot under Arteta as well. So it, it was refreshing to see both teams sort of go for it and you know play with quite a quite a few attacking players and and be solid in defence as well. So I think both teams look, were were pretty well drilled, and it was I think that's from a from a sort of footballing tactical battle point of view that's what what made it quite an enjoyable contest but onto the second half um I mean let's start with Edinson Cavani because you say you 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 fancied him starting over Martial and he did and he had two absolutely brilliant opportunities which I think really I mean both if not at least one of them he should have scored so what did you make of those yeah, I mean, you look at the one where I think it's Shaw who plays him in. He does a little one-two with Martial on that left side of the box mm. and just squares it to Cavani. And I mean, it's one of those where it's come to him so quickly, it's just a sort of snapshot at it. But there is genuinely a bit of an open goal at that point. And I think that's our best chance of the game. And, you know, you're right. If, if Martial misses that, we're all going crazy, so... Mm. So you've got to I mean, even blame where it's due, but to an extent, if Rashford's in that position and he misses, I can, I can, you know, it's just the mm. reputation that a couple of these players have built. I think Cavani because he's relatively new and we haven't seen loads of him more willing to, I don't know, you know, uh, move. It's also back. because we tr- we trust him in a way. You know, if he misses a chance of that, we know that he's getting in those places that he's created that chance from his own movement as much as anything else, mm. and that sort of thing. So when he misses one like that, we're tempted to say, look, he's a proven you know, goal scorer. That's a flash in the pan rather than sort of why can't he, why can't he score a bloody goal? Yeah. Uh, 
But you're right. I mean, the game does rest on small, fine margins like that. And we need to be more clinical if we want to win games. Mm. And then there was the, I think it was later on, I think one of the last chances in the game, um, Wambasaka sort of getting up the pitch, crossing it in. And it both, uh, funnily enough, both Cavani and Martial were going for it. And maybe Martial mm. was in a better position because Cavani was sort of, the ball was behind him and he had to try and sort of bicycle kick it in on the half turn. And again, you know, it was, it was just went past the post, arguably should have got it on target, but not an easy sort of uh, opening to get his body in the right position. But, you know, those two big chances keep us sort of rooted to the spot and it's just sort of gone wide of the post. So I think in that sense, um, United can be slightly frustrated that they didn't, well, not even win the game, but, you know, take advantage of those opportunities because that's what you got to do in these, in these games. But I think as well as that, I think Rashford had a couple of good openings. There was one, I remember where he sort of could have, he was played through and maybe could have had an early shot, but sort of cut back it and checked in on himself and then just kept the ball for a bit too long. Obviously, oh, there's well, the, yeah, that again was sort of one of those, if he takes a shot, you expect the expected goals metric to be quite high, but he didn't take yeah. a shot in the end. Yeah. He's just sort of half a second late to the punch of it. His decision-making in the final third is one that people people are noting as a potential for improvement. Mm. Yeah, he sometimes doesn't doesn't quite get that final sort of delivery or final idea right. He'll, he'll wait too long. He'll shoot when he should have passed. Mm. Yeah, he is a bit of that player. He's, he's, you know, I think Rashford's a great player, but so exciting and direct and skillful and, you know what what a player to have, and I can I can cast very envious eyes over um, to him. But you know, from a from a critical point of view, he he does lack the the incisiveness and the sort of consistency in 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 the final third. You know, decision making, like you say, when to pass it, when to shoot, when to yeah. You know, he 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 does lack that clinical nature. But what he's he's twenty three, twenty four. 23, 22? 23, I believe. <laughs> Very young. So maybe that will come in the next, you know, three, four years. But um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal Arsenal had some some pretty good openings as well. I mean, maybe not as clear-cut guilt edge as, as those Cavani chances, but I thought um, Willian had a great opportunity sort of soon after coming on. He came on at half-time. Uh, the ball was cut back, I think cleared by a United defender and then Willian sort of got it stuck under his feet from the left-hand side and and it was turned behind for a corner, a block, I think. Um, Pepe, Nicolas Pepe, again, after good work from Willian down the left-hand side, the ball was cut back and Pepe is really good at arriving in those positions sort of at the edge of the box and, and sort of controlling and steering his finishes into either of the corners and it looked like it was destined for the bottom corner, if not for a Harry Maguire block. Uh, obviously, Lacazette um, hit the bar. He was really unfortunate to do that from a free kick. I think Smith Rowe had a good chance as well. So you know there were there were good chances on for either side, sort of throughout the second half. Um, and I think from an Arsenal point of view, that offensive display, playing with a bit more freedom, without you know Bukayo Saka, who's been instrumental in the last month or so. Aubameyang obviously has been been a bit more in and out for 
you know, injury, fitness issues, personal issues and whatnot. So I, I don't know how much we missed him, maybe his presence more than anything and Tierney sort of his energy down the left-hand side. But I think, you know, I think we did well and we created a lot. I think, you know, Arsenal had, I think, 17 shots on goal. United had 13. So it was good to see plenty of attempts on goal. Um, but just take it back to, to United. I just wanted to ask you if anyone like when you look at the team and sort of assess the performance overall, who you thought had a good game or, or who struggled a bit more and 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 sort of review that within the context of, of maybe struggling against the, the you know, in the bigger games, so to speak, um, and who tends to, to show up in adverted commas and who tends to, to maybe not. Because again, there's all this chatter about Bruno Fernandes sort of not producing the sort of levels of, of um, attacking output in these sorts of games as he does in others. But I just wanted to, to get your opinion on that. Yeah, I, I resent that accusation slightly because, I mean, I know he hasn't been, you know, on sort of flying form in our past few games we've played at these bigger clubs. But I, he, he he has done before. There's no there's no sign to suggest that it's, it's big games specifically that he doesn't turn up in. The fact is he hasn't done much in the past few weeks anyway. But, you know, the burn, burden shouldn't completely fall to him to be creative. I thought Shaw had another really strong game. Continued a patch, a very decent form for him. Uh, most of the defence did pretty well, to be honest. I thought McTominay was playing well, and I thought he was a good player for that game. And it was a shame he went off, because because after that, I think Partey started dominating the midfield a bit too much for my liking. Um, the way he sort of breaks through the press and uh, progresses the ball. Is, is something that really helps your performances. It, Scott McTominay does something similar for United, actually, but um, yeah, I thought he looked really dangerous, especially after Scott went off um, and Pogba was playing in there. Pogba, again, I thought was was uh, looked good, looked diligent, worked hard, mm. which is always a good sign from him because once he gets that right, he's got it all. Um, yeah. At his fingertips. Exactly. Yeah, he, um, not he, sorry. Yeah, the, from a, you know, looking at the United team from my point of view, again, I thought both fullbacks were quite good, uh, consistent. I mean, a threat going forward as much as anything. They got into good positions down the wings and, and crossed the ball in well. Mm. Uh, I thought Cavani obviously got himself into those good positions. Uh, apart from that, I mean, nothing really, yeah. No one was sort of. There were no match winners in the in the United team. I don't think. Um, I couldn't see necessarily. I mean, Barkovani. I think he was your most dangerous player. But you know, as we as we said, he he didn't make most of his opportunities. There was no one really on the day who I thought was like, right, this is his game. And if if United are going to win, it sort of requires that someone to take the game um, mm-hmm. hands and 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 sort of you know be the be the protagonist and I thought you know on the on the Arsenal side of things I thought there were flashes of of a couple of players doing that I mean maybe that's again because you know I've watched a lot of these players more recently especially some of them struggle but I thought I thought Nicola Pepe was was really dangerous and I, I felt that if anyone was going to have an impact on the game um sort of in right at the end final third I thought Pepe was was that he he his running his direct running through on goal and um his movement it looks looks like he he was playing with confidence, which is really good to see. I thought Smith Rowe as well was really good, sort of linking up the play and 
and he was direct with his running as well. Um, Lacazette, I thought, had a, had a good game as well. So I think our attacking players actually played pretty well. And I was, I was uh, encouraged to see that, or I was encouraged to feel as if, you know, there was the possibility of one of those guys making a difference uh, when it mattered. I mean, they didn't in the end, but I liked the fact that, you know, so many times I've watched some of those players and I'm just not not worried or, or the opponent shouldn't be worried because they're not going to do anything. But I thought there were, there were good attacking performances and individual performances as much as anything. Um, I thought Thomas Partey, you know, his presence was great in midfield. I do think, you know, his, his, his performance on the ball wasn't as wasn't as good as maybe we would have liked, to be honest. There were, there were a few openings, which I remember him giving the ball away or, or holding it on for too long, but holding on to it, onto it for too long, sorry. But, you know, there were some good, good performances for me. Um, and, you know, when I think of the likes of Pepe and Smith-Rowe, you know, I thought they, when I compare them to sort of the opposite numbers in terms of, you know, Bruno Fernandes and Rashford and that sort of stature of player, I thought that, you know, they did, they did very well. And I thought at the back as well. I mean, David Luiz and Holding were very solid. I thought Granit Xhaka was 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 pretty solid as well. He he looked very next to Partey. He just doesn't have to do as much. So yeah, was anyone from your point of view that 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 impressed from an Arsenal point of view? Well, like you say, you, you didn't seem to think Partey was as impressive. Maybe maybe his as you say his on the ball performance wasn't wasn't a. Uh... Sort of that inspiring, but I I just think he's so important for your team and the way you, the way your midfield plays, yeah, and the way you sort of control the midfield battle. He's so important in that. Um, like I say, especially with Scott off the pitch, once it's it's him versus Fred, he's he's just you know you control it slightly more. So I thought he was he was good in that in that sense. I thought Smith Rowe again looked looks pretty pretty confident. Pepe, like you said. Better than he has lately. Obviously, not watch end product again, but he he was looking a bit more dangerous, a bit more, a bit more confident in himself, mm. which is which is always a good sign for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, let's 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 take it on slightly because we've gone through the game, and so I mean, there's another round of of midweek fixtures. No rest for the wicked, eh? Uh, but. <laughs> So you're United are so second place. I think City can go six points clear if they beat Burnley in the I week. I believe it's four, but it might be six. Could be four. Might be Let me six. look it up. Let's actually check that right now, because because why not? Yeah, they're right. It's six. Yeah, I mean, obviously if you win your game, but for a point in at one, I think they play before you, so they could go. They could open up the gap, but just in terms of you know seeing a gap maybe emerge because obviously you were top of the table more recently, and um, yeah, City have, have have been winning, winning, and winning. So, what are your feelings about United's league position? I mean, I, I don't think you can really complain or, or have any. I mean, maybe you can feelings of sort of disappointment, but you know, your second. Where do you where do you see your sort of yeah? How do you feel about your 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 position and, and where do you see the domestic season going from a United perspective? There's there's no disappointment on my end. Uh, I've said this a few times before, and I'll always maintain that I'm I'm here for the ride on this one. Mm. I, don't, I don't think any any sane United fan went into this season expecting us to be top of the league halfway through it. I don't mm. think any 
fan with their head screwed on would have gotten carried away when we did go top. Um, I'm enjoying the fact that we're, you know, shaking the league up a bit and that the big teams might be a bit worried about us. I think that's just a, a great position to be in. And I think if we mount a failed title challenge this season, I think I'll be more than happy with Ole. That's with progress. That. Absolutely. It's clear from, I mean, if you look at the way we've been winning these games, I think, as you sort of mentioned, you touched on it earlier, it's clear it's a slightly sort of unsustainable way of winning. All these points, you know, one from behind, all this sort of not winning at home, away form, coming back from behind. It's it's not really a sustainable way of winning winning a title, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy having my expectations exceeded whilst they are, and mm. um, I think Champions League football, with a you know perhaps pushing for a second or third place finish, is more than enough for me at the end of the season. Finishing above City or Liverpool would be a massive bonus. Absolutely, and I think look, you know, it, on paper it's sort of the most open it's been for a couple of years now. But I still think you know City and Liverpool are are the better teams in the league and I have no doubt in my mind that that will you know those two will end up top two again albeit with the margin slightly cut and whether that's because they haven't been as consistent or teams like United are pushing them a bit more I think whichever way you look at it it's progress if United can sort of get a bit closer to them you know I I think Mm. the likes of Chelsea you know but prior to Frank Lampard getting sacked the remit was always going to be this season having spent all that money you know you, you finish in the top four now it's time to close the gap and so I think you know if United get even a bit closer and, and are within the conversation of the title I think that is progress and and perhaps you know uh, yeah, you should be looking to get far in the in the FA Cup or, or um, Europa League as well so especially after beating Liverpool in the FA Cup might I add but yeah I, I don't I don't think you're, you know, you're in a good position and, and hopefully South, Southampton can do a number over you in the week. And, and then, and then the, uh, the dreaded calls for Solskjaer's head will start resonating again. And I know how much you love that. So <laughs> oh, thanks for your support, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no support, no support here, but uh, they'll take it, take it to an Arsenal standpoint. It's a weird one. Again, we were discussing yesterday, we were looking at the league sort of after the Spurs game. Spurs lost 1-0 to Brighton, so very happy days. You know, it's such a weird one, and I think it's it's indicative of the uh of the season so far. It's still very congested, and you know, it just shows how quickly things can change because the games come so thick and fast. If you put a good run of form together, or on the flip side, you're sort of struggling for form, you can plummet or rise up the table like no tomorrow. I mean, Arsenal will you know, 17th or something like that a couple of weeks ago. Um, Alan Shearer famously saying, you know, I, I'd be worried if 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 if, uh, if I was an Arsenal player or fan or whatever, Arteta looked pretty much, you know, he was on the borderline of, of going because there was nothing uh, positive to, to sort of suggest that he could turn, turn it around. But he has, and we've been on a great run of form in the league, I think, since we beat Chelsea on Boxing Day. I think that's five wins and two draws or something, having played United now and, you know, Chelsea, the likes of Southampton. We've got some tough games coming up, of course, but, you know, we're, we're now, again, showing how, how tight it is in the league. We're sort of a win against Wolves uh, on Tuesday evening, you know, albeit temporarily could lift us, I think, above Spurs into sixth place. Again, they, they'll have a, game or two in in hand but I, at this point it doesn't really matter 
it just shows how how tight it is and and even now you know there's only what i mean 10 10 points between arsenal and united and i'm not even saying that in terms of oh arsenal can catch united but to see the sort of margins of the season and how terrible it's been for for united at points but then arsenal as well to have 10 points in it just shows that all teams are sort of having good bad good spells and bad spells maybe bar city i mean they they went through a bad spell in the season as well but there's been no one team who've sort of been relentlessly uh marching on i think city are starting to do that now but it's it's really interesting to see sort of where where teams lie at the moment and and sort of who's where because it's you know it is anyone's anyone's uh it's anyone's season in that sense but yeah, who who do you think will finish in the in the top four then? Because obviously there are only top four places and and teams are going to fall out. So where, what what do you how's what's your assessment of of the current um, standings? I can I can only echo your your thoughts there. I mean, it's it's impossible to call. It's the the consistently inconsistent season this and <laughs> um. You know, I, I think form will preside. City have shown they can keep it up. I think they're favourites to win it at the moment. Mm. Um, I can see this top, the top four staying somewhat similar to as it is as the moment. Mm. Um, given, like I say, it's just about who can sort of keep a bit of form and whoever's done that so far suggests to me that they'll be the best option to do that from here on out. Mm. I think quality will prevail, so will squad depth, this kind of thing. I can see Spurs struggling a bit if people like Son and Kane don't don't get back to fighting fitness. That is not the kind of team there who's just going to keep winning games after games. They're gonna they're yeah. gonna be patchy. Mm. I can see Arsenal looking a bit better to be honest. If you sort of just keep defensively solid, keep getting draws and wins. Um, yeah, if if Tuchel can get a tune out of his his German lads, then. Then they're in with a shot as well. Any of Villa, Everton, West Ham, obviously Leicester. Any yeah. of these teams could could all be in the top six or the top four. Absolutely, and it is just like you say, it's a case of consistency because Leicester and I mean Leicester, I mean three of the top six this weekend lost Leicester, Everton, and Spurs. All games that arguably you expect them to win, really. Um, and I know Leicester are without Vardy, Spurs without Kane, but that shows without those those players maybe they're not the force that they they have been throughout the season Everton getting all their injured players back but struggling against Newcastle um it is as you say sort of uh whoever's going to be most consistent and from an Arsenal perspective you know I given the way we started the season and just how everyone else was starting the season there's still ground to make up but you know a lot of people within their right minds would be saying right now well you know Champions League or sort of even Europa League challenging for the top four is very much open and that was not within the realms of possibility a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. So again, it is just, um, it's so open, which I think is, bows very well for the sort of second half of the season. But let's just look ahead then. Um, let's look ahead to both of our sides next games. United have Southampton. Um, what are your thoughts going into this one? Uh, before I shed some light into what I feel about it. Uh, well, we slightly struggled in our in our last game against Southampton. I think we won it in the end. I think Cavani came on and and uh, sort of changed the game for us like that. So he'll start, hopefully, and we'll show ourselves to be a bit of a new team. I'd like to see that Ole and the lads have sort of learned, learned their lessons and 
that we can sort of come out and really dominate this mm. game and really kind of just impose ourselves on it from a tactical and quality perspective. Mm. You know, it's all very well collecting points with unsustainable sort of performances, but I'd like to see us take that step to becoming a becoming a really clinical team who can sort of put a decent side like Southampton to bed. Mm. I th- I I, th- I think Southampton haven't been in the greatest, greatest run of form and you know they were quite unfortunate to lose to Villa. Uh, obviously we beat them 3-1. They they they've, they've sort of fallen down the table. I mean at one point they were top of the league and I still think you know they'll they'll be hopefully aiming for a top half finish but they they're not in great form. I do think I mean now if I was if I was United right now having seen them lose last couple of games knowing that they're still a quality side I would I, I'd feel quite apprehensive about facing Southampton um especially when the sort of impetus is on United to to win a game having not won their last two at Old Trafford I think Southampton will be relishing the um the the contest and I think you're going to have a tough game um in the week having said that you know uh, it's, it's a good opportunity for you to to come through and and show your quality, like you say, at home and and sort of show that these last two results, you know, the Sheffield United one was a blip, Arsenal was a fair result, and then back to winning ways. So, you know, I think this game will be a you can say about every game, but it's an important game to sort of show where you're at because you can. I think we can get carried away with, you know, the the sort of uh, recent run of form well United if they if they lose this win this one then what does that say about that season overall but you know losing to Sheffield United drawing to Arsenal and then well your last game is against Sheffield United so if you lose to or or struggle against Southampton then is that more indicative of sort of where you're at as opposed to you know sort of um, yeah I just think it could be a, a, a big reflection of, of where United are at the moment with with a game like this and if you win, then, you know, sort of put, put any sort of creeping doubts of uh, sustained quality and consistency to bed. If not, then, you know, I'm sure that that particular can of worms will be opened up again. But Arsenal have got Wolves uh, are travelling to Molyneux. I think, you know, it's a tough game always against Wolves. I think on current form and hopefully a couple of people back from injury as well, squad depth wise, I'm feeling slightly more confident, which again shows how performances and results can influence your game because previously, you know, having a Wolves game would be, uh, would not be ideal and I'd not feel very confident about it, but we won their last season. We also lost at home in the reverse fixture earlier on in the season, but that sort of came at a, a weird old time when we were just starting to, to really embark upon our, our treacherous run of form. I do think that, you know, they're always dangerous with the likes of Adama Traore and, and Neto and, and Pudence uh, on the counter-attack. But again, a win would be would be massive. And like I say, temporarily lift us into the top six, which would be great. Um, anything else to add on on, on that then? Weekends, weekend, any other weekend action that caught your eye or, or any other talking points that sort of uh, tickle your fancy before we wrap up for today? I noticed that Tuchel managed to get a goal out of two of the second choice fullbacks. Well, are they second choice fullbacks? Is my question to you. I, I would not be surprised if they start um, they start doing the business. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, I'm really interested to see what, because now we've got another 
sort of an interesting transition. We've gone from one of the Solskjaer, Arteta, Lampard types, aka an ex-legend who's sort of new to managing. And we've, we've sort of traded one of them out for a, a sort of proven European kind of established tactical talent mm. uh, to sort of join the, the more, more similar to sort of Guardiola's, the, the, even the Bielsa's, the Mourinho's. Mm. Um, so I'm interested to see what, what Tuchel does with Chelsea. I'm always excited when a big name like him comes to the Prem. Mm. So that'll be one I'm keeping an eye on for the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... I could see, you know, they beat Burnley and and it does, um, I would not be surprised if they went on a little run now. I think all these players coming in from the cold, it's a classic sort of new manager bounce and and, and they've got the quality in the squad and a manager who's very talented uh, coaching-wise and reputation-wise. So I do expect them to be putting together a string of results now. I mean, they have to more, for, uh, more than anything, but... They, they are definitely a team to keep an eye on. It'll be interesting to see how he balances the sort of depth of quality and, you know, blends experience and and youth and how he does things differently to Lampard because, you know, clearly he's, you know, Alonso and Aspilicueta sort of come in and 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 done very well for him uh, against Burnley. So it'll be interesting to see how that prevails. Um, but look, I think we'll, we'll leave it there for today. Um, it's been great to have you back onto the podcast. So uh, thank you for your time and uh, getting up nice and early to join me on this fine <laughs> February morn. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you as always for having me on. I'll always come back. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Well, a quick reminder that you can find every episode of That Sums It All Up on my Mixcloud page. That's at www.mixcloud.com forward slash Alfie-Steiner. You can also access all the shows via Twitter at AlfieSteiner1. I'll be back on the podcast hopefully later this week with a fellow Arsenal fan to chat about the Wolves game hopefully in high spirits plenty of football coming up so plenty to discuss do let us know if you enjoyed today's episode all listen shares and feedback are much appreciated drop me a tweet if you fancy it and as always thank you for listening enjoy your week enjoy your start to February and as always until next time goodbye that sums it all up